Thank you for listening to the Renovation Church podcast. We're a family that believes you matter, and together we can do something that matters. We hope that this podcast aids you in your spiritual journey toward Jesus. If we can serve you on that journey, please let us know by visiting our website, renovationchurch.com. We always love to hear how the ministry of renovation is impacting your life. The best way to let us know is by leaving a review or tagging us on social media. Wherever you are in the world, know that Jesus loves you and we love you. Enjoy the podcast. All right. So a couple things before we jump in. I'm going to be brief. Uh, Number one, uh, Easter is upon us. It is here in a few weeks. Uh, You need to, uh, one, know that our times are changing for Easter and they're going to stay changed. I'm going to keep saying this because, you know, uh, the crowd rotates on a weekly basis. Uh, So 9 and 11 will be our service times for Easter and they're going to stay that way. Okay. So 9 and 11 will be, okay, all right. All right. Hey, early risers. They're like, yes. And, and home to watch the Eagles win. Um, and home in time to watch them win. So, uh, yeah, we, we're taking a stand in the name of Jesus. <coughs> that we are Team Jalen Hurts in this house. Um, so, uh, 9-11 will be our service times going forward from Easter. Okay? Be here. Invite people. Start praying right now about who your one more is. Look around you. We've got a handful of open seats in here. Uh, those are places where people could be uh, receiving the word of God and being a part of the community of God. Amen? So let's pray that, uh, that God will put somebody on your heart and your relational circle. Who's your one more? That is the question I want you to ask yourself consistently. Who is my one more? Number two, we got a giveaway. Uh, we're doing a giveaway every week up until next week uh, when we launch our brand new series, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. That's an all-church Sunday. You want to be there for that. Uh, but we've been doing a giveaway every week to continue to encourage our culture. We want to have a culture where people show up early and with expectation that God is going to do something. And today, I happened to see that the first people that were in the room were this lovely couple who I've come to know partially. And I believe the Lord has great things in their life. And I want to bless y'all today. Oh, look at that. So that's what we do, man. Listen, I keep telling y'all, you never know who it's going to be. Might be somebody in there. Might be somebody in there. You never know. You never know. You never know. Listen, you never know. You can't know what you don't know when you don't go and you don't show. You can't know. Sometimes you get in the flow. I'm not a rapper. I just preach a lot. All right. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. Uh, if this is your first time with Renovation Church, a special welcome to you, especially if you would not consider yourself a follower of the way of Jesus. We count it an immense privilege that you would spend a little bit of time with us, and we hope that you would see that there is authenticity uh, in the people who follow the way of Jesus. Not perfection, but authenticity. This is not a perfect place. You cannot find a perfect place. If you're looking for a perfect place, this is the wrong place. If you're looking for people in desperate need of God and what he might do in their lives, this is the right place. So we are so glad that you're here. Even if you're in a season of deconstruction of some kind, this is a safe place for you to do that. In fact, I used to say this a lot uh, back in the day, and I want to start to rehearse it again. Uh, We want you to always know that we want something for you, not from you. Amen? We want something for you, not from you. And we hope that you find that here. Uh, Today we're going to talk a little bit more about community. And if you want to follow along with Sermon Notes, go ahead and hit that QR code so that you can follow along with me. 
<clears throat> and we're going to be answering one big question today. Uh, and that big question is, what is the church? What is the church, okay? That's what I want on your mind as, as, uh, as we move through this talk and, and move through this time, even as you prepare to receive it. Uh, what is the church? Did everybody get their notes? We good to go? We got them online? All right, I'm going to take your silence as a yes. I'm moving on. What is the church? That is the big question that we want to consider together today. We're going to do so from uh, the book of Acts, written by Dr. Luke. Uh, for those of you who are nerds like me, you may want to know that Dr. Luke was a medical doctor, and he got so overwhelmed by the gospel of Jesus that he quit his medical practice and went into full-time vocational ministry, planting churches, and recording the story of the early church. And we're going to read part of that. We're going to read part of that together today. Hear the word of the Lord, starting in Acts 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. All things in common. And they were even selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Did y'all read how many alls was in that? Y'all know what all mean in the Greek? Smarter. And day by day, I know, right? And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, listen to this, and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number. Daily. Those who were being saved. Who wants that to be the testimony of this church? Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus that you would operate in power in and through your people and that we would be truly transformed under the hearing of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'm going to start with a quick story, and this really will be quick um, because we want to get you over to the small group showcase. And so I'm going to, it's going to feel like bang, bang, bang. And it's, so just, you know, I'm not going to finesse you today. So just, just prepare yourself. So um, true Christian community saved my faith. It saved my faith. Quick story. When I was at Oklahoma University, uh, I got there. Who said Boomer Sooner? Yeah. All right. When I got there, um, uh, I was a Christian, but I was not a disciple. Okay. In fact, I'll say it differently. I was a convert, but I was not a disciple. Okay. I'd never been discipled. So I believed the good news of who Jesus is, but I didn't know how to walk that thing out. Okay. And... So when I got to OU, I got overwhelmed. It was too much going on. It's too much going on. And that's all I'm going to say about that. It was too much going on. <laughs> and, and, and I put Jesus on the shelf. But I started attending this, uh, this church there uh, that a lot of the students went to. And I would go pretty regularly. And, and actually, I was talking to somebody about this last week. I can't remember who it was. Uh, but we were different than y'all. We were different. Y'all stay up all night and go to the club, and then y'all miss church. Like, we go to church straight from the club. Like, that's what we used to do, right? Because it's like, at least you got attendance points. You know what I'm saying? Anybody else old enough to remember that? Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, see? It's like, yeah, I'm going to be out here bopping till 3, um, and then I'm going to roll up into that early service on no sleep, <coughs> six Red Bulls, and Waffle House, right? And that's what we did. <laughs> Somebody just gave me a wave off. That's what we did. 
And, and so that's how I was doing my thing. But eventually, that, that doesn't work. That doesn't last, right? That, that doesn't last. Because if the spirit is inside of you at all, then you're going to be uncomfortable in both environments. You're never going to be fully comfortable in the club because the Lord is like, hey, you know you're not supposed to be in here. And you're never going to be fully comfortable in the church because the enemy is like, you know that you don't deserve to be here. And so eventually I drifted. I drifted. And unfortunately, and this is no shade on that church because we've had our own challenges and hurdles over these years, especially keeping up in seasons where we were growing incredibly fast. Um, but eventually I drifted out and months went by and nobody from the church contacted me. Uh, none of the pastors, none of the deacons, none of the elders. I was just gone. And I mean, I'm a fairly visible human being. Like, if, you know, if Dom disappeared, we're going to notice. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And somebody should reach out. It, it wasn't like I was, a, you know, like an unobservable person coming and scooting into the back. Like, I'm, a, I'm an observable human being. And, and, but I was gone. But here's what happened. Here's what happened. My small group. My small group found me. My small group found me. The people of God came and found me. And I wasn't ready to come back to church to worship because I was bitter, right? That's why the Bible says let no bitter root spring up because it defiles everything. That's what the Bible says. But I was bitter. I was like, nobody came to see about me. Nobody. Well, who did you let know you was gone? Nobody. I didn't. I just drifted. I bounced. But what was so powerful about that in, in that time of my life is even though I left unannounced, and even though nobody from, quote, the church leadership contacted me, my small group came for me. There were people in that church, in that community, that were completely committed to me and my well-being. And they came for me, and they called me out. They straight up called me out. And then some of them was calling me out from, like, a side-by-side -side position. Like, yo, I saw you in the club, but then you and I have been in church. You know? <laughs> And it was shoulder to shoulder calling me out. It was, it was other people calling me out from this direction. But it was, some of us like, bro, wasn't we just in there last night? Why, why, why you not been in church? <laughs> but they came for me. And they brought me back. Did you know that James chapter 5 says, and I'm summarizing this. This is the crump version of the Bible. That, that there is a special blessing for any Christian who brings back a wayward brother or sister. James 5 says that. Go read it for yourself. So I got to believe them people walking in a special blessing because they came back and got me. And I wonder sometimes if they hadn't come back and got me, would Renovation Church be a thing? Because they came for me. Because they were fully committed to me. Uh, until that moment, to be quite frank with you, until that moment, I didn't understand the power of the church. I didn't understand the fullness of the church. I didn't understand the nature of the church. Until that moment, to me, church was a place to go, not a people to be. But those people, they transformed my mentality. They transformed my mind. And I wanted to share that with you briefly because I think it reveals an important truth to us about us. And that is that we don't see the fullness of the church. We don't. We don't. We, we, we you know, all of us coming from varying backgrounds, varying perspectives, varying ideas. Uh, and, and by we, I mean we as in Westerners. We as in North Americans, not Canada, because that's also America if you didn't know. Um, we as U.S. citizens, like, we don't see the fullness of the church. Because in the Western evangelical industrial complex, churning and burning numbers and buildings has become the definition of success. And so 
being a people gets lost in that narrative. And there's nothing wrong with growth. God, please grow the church. And there's nothing wrong with property. God, please use it to bless your city. But if that becomes the motivation for why we exist, then we're existing for the wrong thing. We don't see the fullness of the church. And it's important because not seeing the fullness of the church here in the West makes Christian community become a casual endeavor with a part-time investment. Okay? It becomes a casual endeavor with a part-time investment. And God has more for us than that. Now, of course, there are exceptions. There are exceptions to the majority church culture. In fact, I've told you guys this before. Several people review my sermons before I preach them. And uh, Wendy wrote this note in my sermon this week, and I thought it was powerful that I wanted to share. Uh, she said, my Christian background is largely based in the Korean church, where we meet for morning prayer, Wednesday services, youth group, Korean school on Saturdays, and weekly lunches post-services. Though there are also principal dangers with spending too much time together, this is the part that got me. There was definitely unity and understanding within my church community. Lord, may that be said of us. May that be said of us. Because when the church started, it was very much like Wendy describes her experience. It was a community of people committed to one another and committed to Jesus. In fact, we could summarize it this way, that a community of people committed completely to each other. That's the church. Okay? A community of people committed completely to each other. Now, what that community does, do they have face-melting worship? Some places, <laughs> definitely here, right? That's a great thing, but that's not everything. Right? Is the gospel communicated with skill and with passion and with power? We hope so, but that's not everything. At the root of it, all of those things are supposed to grow out of a rich, vibrant, passionate, Jesus-centric community where we are about Jesus and we are about each other. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Amen. That's what it's about. Now, I'm going to be quick. Because there's a magnificent image captured by Dr. Luke, we read it together, of the people of God in their beginnings and in their life together. And I really believe, I really, really believe that we can have this as our life together. I really believe that. I believe that this is what Jesus wants for us. I believe that this is what Jesus desires for us. And I believe that if we lean into these words as a central identifier of who we are becoming, that we'll see this happen. And let me say this as an aside, because I meant to say it for weeks now, uh, and, and I just don't think we've been uh, diligent in repeating it enough. But you guys do know that when the small group semester is over, your small group doesn't have to end. Okay, did y'all know that? I just, I thought I would say that. Like, you know, like, you can keep, like, you can keep being in community. You know, we do semesters so that you have clear on-ramps and off-ramps and, and, you know, like, maybe you do want to get out of there, because... <laughs> You know, that might not be your people. And that's cool. And that's why we do semester, so that, you know, you can get out if you need to get out. But you don't have to get out. You can stay in community. In fact, my leadership community met for like 18 months straight. It was incredible. It was incredible. And then we decided, well, it's time to take a little break. And now we're talking about getting it back together again. It's time to get the band back together again. All right? So I just wanted to say that as a disclaimer. You don't have to. Oh, I, I thought so. You, like, you don't have to. You don't have to be like, all right, well, semester's over, bye, fools. Like, you don't have to be like that. You know, you can keep being in community. Now, here's what the Bible describes in 242, if you want to look with me. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. Now, this seems like a simple sentence, but it actually captures something remarkable. You see, if you read back just a few verses, you will find that 3,000-plus people just joined the church. 3,000. 
not 30, not 300, 3,000 plus people just joined the church, moved by the preaching of the gospel. They just suddenly and joyfully joined the church. And so now they were trying to figure out how are we going to do life together? As 3,000 new believers in this Jesus, how are we going to find a rhythm of life that actually feeds the reality of who we want to be? And what they did was they altered their lives in a way that placed being the church at the center of their lives. Church for them was not on the fringes of their reality. Church for them was not an addendum to an over-busy, already sorted out life. Church for them was absolutely central to their identity as who they were, and everything else flowed Sorry, I don't. I don't. So you got you've got to take me at my word and go read your Bible, okay? That's what church was for them. It was integral to who they were as human beings. These 3,000 people, it says, sometimes gathered daily, expecting to be instructed about Jesus, about his resurrection, about what it means to be a disciple. They committed themselves to learn how to live out kingdom ethics. Kingdom ethics. And they were regularly reminded to invite all people into God's transcultural community because that's what they knew that God desired. 3,000 people eager to for and gave themselves to community and to one another. And listen, they were not doing it out of a sense of duty. They were not doing it out of a sense of guilt. They were not doing it out of a sense of being forced. They were doing it because they had been so radically transformed by the good news of the gospel and the people around them that they wanted to be together. They wanted to be together. Listen, if, if, if you feel forced... This ain't the spot. This ain't it. Because it shouldn't feel for us. Now, there's going to be seasons where it's like, I don't know if I want to see any people. Or is that just an introvert problem? Right? I'm like, yeah, people gross. Ew. Like, that, that sometimes I go through that. But at my core, I know that I need people and they need me. And I know that that is how Jesus built his church to work. They saw themselves not as individuals sharing a similar set of beliefs, they saw themselves as one people, okay? This is why Ephesians chapter 4 says this. You can go read it for yourself. It says, there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. How many? And we're supposed to be one. We're supposed to be one united in soul and heart. In fact, Paul writes elsewhere, have one mind among yourselves. And that mind is the mind of Christ Jesus. Now, if you're not a follower of the way of Jesus, hear me. This is how the church is supposed to look, feel, and be. And I know it's felt very different in the West because we are more democratic than we are covenantal. But this is what it's supposed to be like. And this is what we, I believe, as a community are diligently striving for. These 3,000 people were also desirous to share in the breaking of bread together, which is the communion meal. Communion is our opportunity to remember and celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus and his promised return. Listen, this is why First Wednesday is important because that is the only time we do communion. If you grew up in a Baptist tradition, you know it was First Sunday. That's when everybody was communion Sunday. Well, for us, it's communion Wednesday. 
So if you are a member of this church and a follower of the way of Jesus, or if you are a follower of the way of Jesus and an attender of this church, but not a member of this church, and it's been months and months and months since you've taken communion, listen, you got to, you got to sort that. Because that meal is integral to your walk with Jesus in community. Okay, let me move on. Finally, we see that God's people were devoted to praying together to God and with one another. We know that. That's why we've been so deeply invested in prayer. Do I need to even, do I need to press into that? No? Yeah? We, we're deeply invested in prayer. And that's why we spend 21 days in January and 21 days in August and every single Saturday praying because we believe that that is the greater work. Okay? I can have all the knowledge in the world. If I haven't been with the Lord, you won't enjoy my preaching. They can have all the skill in the world. If they haven't been with the Lord, you won't experience him in worship. You can be the greatest group facilitator in the world. You can have a degree in group facilitation. If you don't have the spirit of the living God. Sorry, I'm not supposed to be preaching today. Let me pull it back. Let me pull it back. Tuck it back on in, buddy. If you don't have the spirit of God, then your group will be flaccid. There will be no power. God bless you. There will be no power. Okay. Now, in the midst of all of this, right, in light of all of these incredible things, that's where we read the rest of this. And that's, and that's, that's what I want you to get, that their willingness to give their lives over to these crucial elements of the way of Jesus and their walking in the realized promise of God's spirit filling them led to a general and continual sense of awe. Maybe your faith feels stale because you are not enough with the people of God in the presence of God. Because there's awe where his spirit is. There's awe. There's wonder where his spirit is. There was a general sense of awe that just captured them. And they saw many signs and wonders. That's what I'm in it for. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want a boring faith. I don't want to live out the American pattern. I want to see some stuff. And in order for that to happen, we need the Spirit of God and the people of God under the banner of God in the community of God with the power of God and the love of God and the passion of God to see the vision of God lived out in a house. That's what I want. Let me seal this thing and I'm going to be done. I told you. It's like my recent Delta landing. One of my good friends is a Delta pilot and every time I have a bad landing, I text him. Because he trains the pilots. And I'm like, hey, they pancake this one, my boy. I just. It's like. I'm like, oh. Did you fall out of the sky? Don't you got instruments up there? But that's pretty much what I'm about to do. We're about to fall out of the sky, so let's be done. John Stott wrote. John Stott wrote of the early church. They could not keep away from one another. Of course not. This marvelous thing had happened. This joy of the Lord. And they wanted to thank him together and pray together and to ask him, my God, to spread it and to extend it to others. Now, what do you see in those few words? You, you see what we could be. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. First, 
to be reminded and to remember that church is a committed community with all of life in common. That's what church is. Remember I told you we're going to answer the question, what is the church? Church is a committed community with all of life in common. And if church is less than that for you, then you ain't in church. You're doing something else. But it ain't church. Can I say ain't? Let me go back. It isn't church. It is not church. It is not God's intended expression for his people. It is a Western manufactured mechanism of convenience that allows you to feel squared with Christ in isolation. But it's not church. It's not church. It's not church, guys. Jesus didn't die for that. Jesus died in ignominy and shame and disgrace and rose in power so that you could be the church, not go to one. Amen? Amen. So, what do you think the solution is? <laughs> Let's be the church. Yes, small groups, but more than that. Why don't we be in small groups and serve and pray? Why don't we be in small groups and actually take the mask off? Why don't we do that? Why don't we actually be known and seen instead of griping about not being known and seen? That's what we do. We need to be the church. And my hope today is that you are fundamentally moved in that direction. I'm going to welcome up Pastor Sly now. And uh, he's going to do a quick small group interview with our beloved and very visible friend, <laughs> Dom. Come on up, guys. Come on up, guys. Y'all welcome him up, please. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, church. I am super excited about today. So there's been a lot of hard work that's gone into the showcase. Um, there's candy. There's party hats if you get there early enough. There's glow sticks. There's going to be music. Even this morning, Ben and Abby, we're in there. You guys are familiar with Groove Theory? Tell me. Tell me what you want me to. Give me all my time. Okay. All right. All right. Anyways, anyways. All right. I do not have that much time, okay? I did promise you a song, and that would be next door, okay? But anyways, we are here to interview my good friend, Dominic. And Dominic, before... Um, you became a, no, I'm sorry, before you attended renovation, can you just kind of give us a little bit about where your faith was at? So, being straight up, I know for me, I was living in isolation, walking in isolation. I was like going to school, doing different things, but it was like I wasn't with people who were focused on Christ, so it always felt like a little slash big part of myself that I always had to hide. So I wasn't being real with anyone. I was trying to show them what I thought they wanted to see, to really have some fake community when none of us were grounded on Christ. And then God brought me here. All right, then. <laughs> Amen to that. So when you came, what small group did you decide to join? So I joined PL's men's small group <laughs> in fall of 2021. And I'm be straight up. I joined it because it was like, oh, shoot, PL's leading it. He seems like a cool dude. Let's do it. And also, I didn't know. He's cool. He's cool. I agree. I agree. I agree. And, but like, I also didn't know anyone here. So I was like, eh, I know something about PL. Let me do that. 
Well, sweet. All right. So when you were in a group, what type of transformation happened in that group? So it's all men, right? You're talking about men things, right? I heard there was some crying going on, and there's nothing wrong with crying as a man, right? Um, And you guys really got invested. But share from your experience what you got from that small group. Lifelong brothers. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Community. No, like, it was so different going to school, doing life with people who wasn't really, I don't know if I want to say, weren't living out their faith compared to being with a group of people where I could be real. Because I'm going to be real with you. In this format right here, all of y'all are looking this way at me. Y'all aren't looking at each other. And what that doesn't allow is it doesn't allow for the mask to be peeled off. Like, it doesn't allow for us to be real. Because it wasn't until, like, we got in the group and we were like, nah, we ain't got time to waste. Let's get to it. (laughs) Let's get to it. Well, okay then. All right. I did have one more question, but since you preached the house down, that's it, brother. <laughs> um, seriously, though, I want to challenge every single person in this room to get into a small group. There are so many small groups. Actually, this is the most small groups we've ever had at Renovation Church, okay? So after this missile, head next door where there's going to be music. It's going to be fun. We're going to party. We're going to sign up for groups. And we're going to have community so that we can find freedom and take off our masks. I'll see you over there, guys. I don't know if, um, excuse me, if it can be any clearer than that. Um, That men's group was incredible. It was incredible. And and we were transformed by it. And out of it, see, this is how it's supposed to work, okay? A lot of people come to church looking for programs. But what happens is when you form community, you don't need programs. Because our men's ministry literally just rose out of our men's group. And now these brothers, we on a WhatsApp chain that stay popping, right? Sometimes I got I to back out slowly like Homer into the bushes because there's just too much going on. And I'm like, okay, I need a break. I need a breather. Um, and then I come back and they're praying for each other and people are graduating and they're getting real and tell me about this baby and I just lost a family member and yo, I think I cast a demon out. Like, it's like, like real things happening. Because we sat in a circle, and we were honest with one another, and we pressed in, and we let the curriculum be a foundation for truth, not a place to hide from it, <laughs> right? And we were fundamentally transformed by it. So I cannot encourage you enough uh, to get into a small group when we dismiss here. Now, um, I want to pray. And then I'm going to transition us to a time of bringing our first and our best to the Lord. Uh, But I want to pray that the Lord will just ignite your heart now to move toward him in community. Father, (laughs) your word was preached, albeit speedily. And the good news was heard. And I pray that our hearts are stirred. Father, if there are any in here who are far from you, I pray that you are drawing them now and that they want to be a part of your family and in your community. And for all of us, Lord God, I pray that you appoint us to the right place to help us find our people so that we might experience the fullness of what the church is.